0: Let's pray. Incredible. All-encompassing. Healing. Forgiving. Jesus, that's the kind of love that You have for us. We gather together today, Jesus, in Your name and, and pray that You would build us up in Your love. Help us to experience it, especially if someone's here this morning who's somehow feeling unloved, unwanted, in any way, that your love would break in anew and afresh in that person's life, in each of our lives this day. And then even as you build us up, Jesus, we pray that you would send us out, that even as we've been loved, that we might love one another. Guide us in your love. Amen. Well, over the next many weeks, we're going to be thinking about being a Christian neighbor And as I said earlier, we'll look at two different things. One thing is about what does it mean to be a Christian? And then how is it that we might live out that being a neighbor? And to uh, focus our thoughts over the next many weeks, we're going to examine from uh, maybe every angle that we can, Jesus' story about the Good Samaritan. And even now, maybe think about where do you fit into that Good Samaritan? The thief? Uh, the religious person, the good Samaritan, the innkeeper, where do you fit into that story? We'll look at that this morning. And, and as we get ready for the fall or as we begin the fall, I do want to have uh, a little update for the congregation. We're going to highlight it right here in the message. We're going to call it a Hey Neighbor moment. And I'm going to ask different people to come and give kind of a, an extended announcement about uh, what it is that we're doing in different areas and ministries in our congregation and our two locations. And so I've asked our youth director Tom Chester to uh, have our first Hey Neighbor moment and share with us about what uh, is happening in children and student ministry. Tom.
1: Good morning again. When I was about seven or eight my parents decided it was time for me to take swimming lessons. Being a little bit apprehensive of water, I reluctantly went every week and as a couple weeks went by, I I grew to to like the water and being in the pool and swimming and and playing games and and all those things. And then it came time for the class to be over and she says, okay, boys and girls, the next few days we're going to work on diving. And my feet quivered. It was Time for me to get up on the diving board. And I must have stood there for what seemed eternity. Until out of her frustration she said, Jump in! And I closed my eyes and I dove into the pool. And you know what? I survived. (laughs) It wasn't that bad after all. And like she said, I just had to dive in. My friends in Christ, sometimes you and I, we just have to forget what's around us and just take the plunge and dive in. I'm here to encourage you to be involved in worship, to be encouraged, and encourage you to be involved in Bible study every Sunday, to be in prayer and service, to be involved in the many ministries of our church. Sometimes we just have to dive in. I want to share with you some things concerning Uh, St. Luke's Children and Student Ministries. Concerning children ministry, uh, Sunday morning Bible classes start today, and we are still ready for all the children. We have classes from preschool up through eighth grade. We're going to be learning about prophets and kings this quarter. We're incorporating music and art projects and team-building activities, science projects, service projects, and a monthly Bible quiz bowl to engage students and bring the message across All in one hour. Parents are going to receive a weekly parent page with information on class and things that's going on and some parenting tips. We have a new offering program for the children. They'll receive offering envelopes and they can come to church and they have to display down there Uh, in the preschool wing. We have a funnel vortex, the, the funnel of giving where they can take their coins out of their offering envelope and put them in the funnel and see it go down. Our offerings this quarter are going to our community kitchen at Christ Campus. You may or may not know that they serve and provide over over 6,300 meals every year. Each meal costs about $1.90. So we're going to see how many meals the children can provide this quarter for our friends down there. In October, we're doing something called Pass the Baton. We're going to have an engaging workshop the third Sunday after church here for kindergartners and third graders and their parents. We're going to teach the students how to read their Bibles and equip parents to continue that teaching on at home. On Reformation Sunday, the students and parents are going to come back to worship here at 11 o'clock, and we're going to bless them, pray over them, and then the parents will present the Bibles to their kindergartners and third graders. Some very exciting things. In December, we have an event called Keepsake Christmas where families of children can come and make a nativity scene while singing Christmas songs, eating Christmas cookies, and importantly, hearing the Christmas story from three characters of the stable. In student ministry, we have some new things this year. High school, for senior high, a new program called Love Out Loud meets Wednesday nights here from 6.30 to 8. Over the eight-week period, we're going to be discussing service and how to serve others, brainstorming service project ideas and acts of random kindnesses, and we're going to be doing some service projects all in 90 minutes. Each week begins with supper. We call it Study and Service with a Slice. Our high school Baba class here on Sunday mornings, which is starting today, uh, we've added uh, four small group leaders, uh, Pastor Sutton will be leading that. So after a short opening, Pastor Sutton will have a time of teaching, followed by small group discussion and encouragement, accountability, and prayer. And our small group leaders will stay connected with the students uh, throughout the week. At Christ Campus, we are starting this morning also uh, a new high school Bible class taught by Scott Goodman. And that's something that they've not done for a while. We just got our fall schedule out. Some of the things happening are uh, next Sunday, especially our senior hires are going to an escape room. We're going to be locked in a room for an hour to see if we can find clues and get out. Uh, So if you want to go, please let me know. Uh, We're going to the corn maze again in Williamston. For those students who participated in a week of service, uh, the Chum horse riding stables are letting us come for free for horseback riding. We're going to do a service project at Sawdust Santa's Workshop. Fourth and fifth graders are going to have a Lego night. Junior and senior hires are going to have a Christmas party at District 5 Trampoline Park. First Friday in October, we're doing something called Fifth Quarter. We've not done this before. Uh, After the football game at Hazard High School, we're inviting the band and the students to come here for a couple hours to hang out for pizza and activities and to be in a Christian environment. We're hoping for at least 100 or more kids. And then if you saw the door out there, this is part of our Reformation uh, celebration. Uh, The students have undertaken this, the door project. So after church today or next Sunday, uh, Genevieve Brown and others will be out there taking pictures. Uh, We want to take your picture, and then your picture is going to be used to decorate the door, uh, which will be Uh, matched up with hundreds of other doors from other churches at the Breslin Center uh, and the 500th worship service. A lot of stuff going on, a lot of good stuff going on. My friends, please, sometimes we just have to dive in. Thank you, and may God bless our worship today.
0: Thank you, Tom. Uh, We want to think about how it is that we can grow in Christian neighboring, so we want to make sure that you know uh, what's going on in our congregation. Uh, We're beginning to look at uh, Jesus' teaching on the Good Samaritan, and uh, it gets set up this way. There's a lawyer that came out to challenge Jesus. Now, the lawyer wasn't A lawyer lawyer we might say that the lawyer was uh, an expert in the law or in the the scriptures more of a theologian than what we might think of a lawyer and he came to test Jesus and he said to Jesus he said teacher what must I do to inherit eternal life now this is wrong in any number of ways just out of the gates Uh, you don't do anything to inherit something an inheritance is something that somebody else gives you once that person dies. You can't really do anything to earn an inheritance. And even if he could, uh, to earn this eternal life would take perfection. You know, would, would take a, 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 to be without sin, without spot, without stain. That's the last thing this man had or was because here he is and he's coming out to test the very Messiah. But Jesus didn't go into a lot of detail on that. Jesus did for him what he often did. He just answered a question with another question. And so he said to him, he said, well, I don't know. What does the Bible say? You know, what does the Scripture say? And the man said, well, you shall love the Lord with all your strength, with all your mind, and with all your heart, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus said, all right, go do that. Now, the man probably thought he could, and he was trying to justify himself before Jesus. And so he shows his his actual weakness that he didn't love God with all his heart, soul, and strength. And he didn't love his neighbor as himself because he showed that he wanted to see what the least was that he had to do. And so he said, and who is my neighbor? He showed how far he was away from doing the things of eternal life. And so Jesus told them a story. And that's what we're going to look at this story. It's the story of the Good Samaritan. It's one of those aspects of the Bible or parts of the Bible that that people know. You know, a lot of people know about the Good Samaritan. When I say the Good Samaritan, right away you can go through that story. Uh, We see this, you know, people know John 3.16. They know something about Jonah and the fish. And and if people even aren't Christians, they'd know something about uh, the Good Samaritan. There's the Good Sam Club, right? Isn't that an RV club? And you get this sticker on your RV and when you camp next to the other people, suppose you're supposed to be a good neighbor. You know, the Good Sam Club. Uh, there are, are also Good Samaritan laws. If you stop by on a highway, someone has a flat tire and you try to help and you make it worse instead of better, there's a law to cover you because <laughs> at least you're trying to be a, a, a good Samaritan. There are all kinds of relief agencies and ministries that use this phrase. There's Samaritan's Purse. You've probably heard about that. I think that's with uh, the Billy Graham uh, Crusade Agency. I'll bet after all of these storms are done that are blowing through, that blew through Texas and are now in in Florida, I'll bet once that all gets done, as you watch the news reports, someone is going to talk about how important it was to have a good Samaritan. It's, it's, a, it's a passage, it's an event uh, that's very familiar to people, even if they don't know Jesus. Uh, there's a famous sermon on the Good Samaritan. Uh, Martin Luther King Jr. loved to preach on the Good Samaritan. And he has a somewhat famous outline. I don't know if this was something he came up with. Maybe a lot of preachers use this. But it's a clever outline. And he outlined the story of the Good Samaritan this way. It starts with, What is thine is mine. Right, that was the thieves and the robbers. What's thine is mine. And then we have the religious leaders. They came by and they said, what's mine is mine. Uh, they weren't going to give up anything. They weren't going to help in any way. What's mine is mine. And then we see the work of the good Samaritan who said, what's mine is thine. That's pretty clever, isn't it? You, know, you Maybe you remember that, you might forget the sermon I'm about to give, but uh, maybe remember that, uh, a really clever sermon. So we're going to look at, at the Good Samaritan, and I, I do want you to think about where do you fit into that story? If we were to say, uh, are you the innkeeper? Are you the thieves? The religious people? The Good Samaritan? Uh, we're actually going to look at different aspects uh, of that as, as we go through the fall. But here's where we want to start. I want you to start by picturing yourself as this character. That's who you are in this story. That person that's been beaten, left half dead, left behind. You ever feel like that? Do You feel like that right now? (laughs) Uh, If you don't, if you haven't, someday you will. We're going to start this series with a view from the, from the ditch. And to think through what Jesus was teaching about in, in the Good Samaritan. He talked about how the guy went down from Jerusalem to Jericho. Now, I don't want to get too allegorical in all of this, but we're going to look at it a little bit that way. You know, a Jerusalem is a picture, biblically, of, of the new Jerusalem, heaven. It's, it's the abode of God. It's the place of God. Uh, for us, it's, it's sort of a picture of paradise. And Jesus tells a story about a guy going from, in some sense, the very presence of God into one of the most dangerous cities that there was. Jericho was a, was a dangerous city and the road to Jericho was filled with all kinds of dangers. I want us to think about how the world exposes us to danger. Uh, When we live our lives out in the world, there are a lot of mean, nasty things that happen. Not everybody that's out there means you well. Uh, People can work against you, can tear you down. Have you ever fallen among the thieves and the robbers? Life's experiences leave us beaten and bruised. Uh, Have you had someone that, that really has done you wrong, said something against you? taken something that was was yours, and there you are, in a ditch, beaten and bruised. And in that situation, a lot of people find that religion doesn't help. Uh, When people are down and out, they often turn to religion. And they say, boy, what I need is, I need some religion. And so they go and they try to do religious things. They try to join religious organizations. They try to adopt religious behaviors. And they find out they're no better than they were. You know, like those religious people that went by. They didn't help. And, and for a lot of people, uh, a religion itself, that doing, is of no help at all. And there we are, beaten and bruised, Without any help. And then Jesus told the zinger, you know, they, they didn't see the end coming. They wouldn't have begun to, to uh, have guessed how it is that this person is going to get helped. Uh, Jesus is setting it up. And then Jesus shows that help comes from an unlikely. That's what the Samaritan was. He was unlikely. Uh, the, the Jew, you know this the Jews and the Samaritans hated each other uh, the Jews thought of the Samaritans as half-breeds as people who were renegades they, they thought of them as people who weren't religious enough do you know they called Jesus a Samaritan? they criticized him they said you have a demon they said you're a Samaritan the Jews didn't think that Jesus really had much to offer at all but that was the zinger that's where the help comes from and so in your life uh, as you look for help as you look for uh, uh, rescue as you look for healing make sure that you're not looking in all the wrong places but that you look in the one place that is maybe unlikely for the world but is the very place of help and healing from god and that's jesus As Jesus tells this story, here's what you need to see. Jesus is the good Samaritan. This is not really a story about you going out and being nicer to people. It's really a story by which Jesus reveals His help to us. You know, the Bible is filled with a lot of different metaphors about Jesus. Uh, Jesus is the good shepherd. Jesus is the bread of life. Jesus is the living water. Uh, Of course, the most common metaphor that we have about Jesus, it has to do with a courtroom sort of scene that, that Jesus pays for our guilt. He takes our penalty upon Himself and now we're declared not guilty and we get set free. It's probably the most common metaphor we think about. But here's the metaphor we're going to concentrate on these next many weeks. Jesus is the good Samaritan. One that the world might think is unlikely to help us but is the one who does come and heal us. Now again, not to get too allegorical on this, but, but just think through the story of the Good Samaritan and how that's exactly uh, the story of Jesus. Uh, what did the Good Samaritan do? He went to Him. The others passed by. The others didn't get close. Jesus, as the Good Samaritan, has come to us. He came down from heaven. He did indeed came down from the heavenly Jerusalem and came to where we are in our pain and our suffering. He was incarnate for us. Yeah, he went to Him. And the good Samaritan bound his wounds, soothed him with oil, cleansed him with wine. The good Samaritan brought healing. Isn't that what the Old Testament lesson told us? Uh, from Isaiah 53, Surely He has borne our griefs, and has carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed Him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon Him was the chastisement we have, uh, that brought us peace. And with His wounds we are healed." Jesus is the good Sam- Samaritan. He came and He brought us healing. The good Samaritan put that man on his beast and took him to the inn. Again, not to become too allegorical, but isn't that a great picture of the church? Isn't that what Jesus has done when He picks us up, when He heals us? Where does He take us? He doesn't take us to religion, but He takes us to the church where we have relationship, where we have caring, where we have love. It's a hospital. It's a place for healing. Uh, Jesus and the good Samaritan sought care for him, gave money for him, you know, paid the penalty, and promised to return. Remember how Jesus said, don't let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it weren't so, I would have told you. He said, I'm going to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I'll come back and take you to be with me that you may be where I am. The good Samaritan said, I'll be back. Jesus tells us, I'll be back and take you to be with me. And the key thing about the Good Samaritan is he covered it all, he did it all, he paid it all. That's what Jesus has done for you and me. And I had a great picture. I want you to think on that picture this week that Jesus has met you and me in the ditch, in our hopelessness, in our helplessness when we're half dead. And he came to bring healing and caring, and one day he'll come back to take us home. You know, this is what it would look like for someone to indeed be able to inherit eternal life. It's this kind of love that Jesus and that the Scriptures really talk about. Jesus is the good Samaritan, indeed loved God with all his heart, all his strength, and all his mind. And he indeed loved his neighbor as himself. And he gave himself for you and for me. I want to encourage you to to think about Jesus as the good Samaritan. He, He ended this story. He said, which of these do you think proved to be a neighbor to the man who fell among the robbers? Jesus was saying, who's the one you ought to look at? Who's the one you ought to concentrate on? It wasn't himself, the man. It was Jesus. And that you and I would look to him as the great good neighbor, the great good Samaritan. And so that's where we start in our Hey Neighbor series. And we want to start here. We want to start by celebrating Jesus. Jesus is the Good Samaritan, the one who has come to rescue us and save us. At the same time, we do want to imitate Jesus. And we'll look at that more as we go through the, the series. We do want to, as we've been, I mean, imagine that, that fellow in the story after he's been loved and cared for by the Good Samaritan, uh, Can't you imagine that he'd go out and and have a generosity about him and a kindness about him with others? In the second lesson today, we were called to do that. Here's what Paul said. So if there's any encouragement in Christ, any comfort in his love, any participation in his spirit, any affection and, and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind. He said, have this mind among you which is yours in Christ Jesus who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, the one who has become our good Samaritan. May God build us up in him and bring us healing in him, now and always. Amen.